Welcome to another episode of the Good Guys Podcast. My name is Brandon Dixon. I am a happily married man and a humble father of four. And as always, I am joined by none other than the honorable, the reverend, Slim Rev, a.k.a. Joshua Ezzy. That's what I'm talking about, BD. You're a man of the people. The people convinced you. I finally came around, man. If that I is, know you was waiting. You was trying to wait three weeks to see if I get fat again. You know, I mean, you know, I've seen it come. I've seen it go. You know, I just want to make sure it's real this time. That's all. It's real. It's I just real want to make time. sure it's real. It's like you this season of the podcast. It's real this time. Oh, I see you with the clap back. <laughs> I had a good thing of watermelon before this episode. I'm so ready you, to go. You ready? Fully, fully hydrated and everything. Oh, yeah. Wife cut the watermelon to perfect chunks, bro. I was down there for a good 15 minutes. I had to think about my wife. I said, man, this watermelon about to get gone. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we've definitely got a great show today. Um, <clears throat> and before I get started, I want to say thank you for all of our uh, loyal listeners, subscribers, viewers. If you haven't subscribed already, okay, hit that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get the post notifications. So that you know anytime that we're coming out with new content here on the Good Guys podcast. But again, it's good to see it's good to see that notification gang out there. Gang, gang, gang. Gang, gang, gang. Notification gang responded with the quip. Let's go. I like it. <clears throat> All right. Other than that, we're gonna go ahead and get started. J.E., are you ready, my friend? Man, let's go. We born ready, son. Alright. We're gonna go ahead and get started, as we normally do, with the weekly airing of grievances. And I've got one today that is an injustice that must be discussed. So I went to, as you guys know, I've I, I relocated to uh, Texas. So there's a lot of good food down here, a lot of good restaurants. And there's some new places that, I, um, that I've tried since I've come down here. One of those places is a place called Bush's Chicken. All right. It's kind of similar. It's kind of in the vein with KFC, you know, Bojangles. Uh, the, 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 the Popeyes of the world. Okay, look, I'm not comparing Gross. it. I'm not comparing it. I'm not being disrespectful. Okay, just just checking in. I'm just saying, it's a fast food restaurant that serves fried chicken. Okay. okay. Certain things shouldn't be in the same sentence as Bojangles, bro. You're right. I was probably out of pocket there. And for that, yes. I apologize. We, we forgive you. Okay. Moving on. Um, so I went to Bush's Chicken, heard it was good. Wanted to check it out. Okay. I get the food. I get the chicken. I get some sides. Okay. Of course I'm going to get mac and cheese. Okay. okay. Of course I'm going to get... Um, they had some green beans that were really good. Or that they, they, they highly recommended. So I got the green beans. I got some rolls with it. And... I may have got fries. I'm not sure. Okay. But anyway. I get back to the house. Eating the chicken... Chicken's good. It's not Bojangles, but it's good. I figured. You know, it's good. Uh, the green beans. The green beans are good. No complaints there. Actually seasoned really well. There, Those were some good green beans. So my hopes are up. I'm like, okay, the fried chicken was okay. Uh, the green beans were pretty good. I get to the mac and cheese, Josh. This was the most watery, soupy, uh, <coughs> runny, 
nasty macaroni and cheese. I, I have a hard time calling this macaroni and cheese what I had at Bush's, Bush's Chicken. It, I could have gone to the store and got Easy Mac and, you know, in less than a minute and made something that was better than what they gave me. Okay. I was highly disappointed and I'm just, it, it, it's, it's a, it's, 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 it's a recurring theme that I'm noticing. Fast food restaurants never have good macaroni and cheese and I don't know why. And here's why I'm, here's why I'm concerned, Josh. Okay. A beacon of light in the game, a staple in the game. Okay. A, a, a model of consistency. Chick-fil-A has been reported uh, to be coming with a macaroni and cheese side dish. And I'm legitimately worried. Because the track record's not good. Even Bojangles, Josh. Oh. Their mac and cheese is not it. When you go to Bojangles, you don't get mac and cheese. There's only two sides that get at Bojangles. That's the fries and the dirty rice. There you That's go. That's it. That's as far as I go. Mac and cheese is not good. Uh, does KFC even have mac and cheese? I wouldn't. know Because it's nope. not good. I never get it. I don't even know if Popeye's has that. All these fast food chains that have mac and cheese, it's never good. And there we have Chick-fil-A, who has for years brought us consistently good and delicious Food. I can't think of one thing off Chick-fil-A's menu that is not utterly delicious in every single possible way. And now they're going to... The menu is limited. You're right. That's, there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have nothing wrong. Uh, I have no problem with the restaurant doing what they do well and sticking That's with right. it. What I don't right. like is when a restaurant tries to do everything and everything is mediocre. I want you to do one or two things extremely well, and I can consistently depend on a quality product. And Chick-fil-A has done that for years. But here they are, coming with a macaroni and cheese dish. Josh, we're going to talk about top sides uh, later in the show, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, macaroni and cheese is up there. Okay, it's, it is up, a, it's, it's, it's up there. It is a staple. <clears throat> it, is, it, it is the holy grail of sides. And now Chick-fil-A is going to attempt to make a mac and cheese. Josh, I am worried. This is a legitimate grievance. I think this could be a stain on the, uh, the, on the untarnished uh, reputation of Chick-fil-A, and I don't like it. I think somebody called up, maybe Black Twitter tweeted them, and was like, yo, we need something that represents us on your menu. Chick-fil-A was like, okay, maybe we should implement macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, bro, bro. Just because you see something on Twitter, just breaks. because somebody came by you and was like, maybe you should, you got to think about certain things. You can't always if you, listen to black you, Twitter. You, you, no, you can't listen. You just can't jump to the top of the list and implement mac and cheese. Exactly. Start, start low. Right. <clears throat> start low. Start somewhere like, don't even do collard greens. Start mm -mm. somewhere like rice. Maybe That's some safe. rice. Maybe oh, baked beans. Baked beans. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect if I heard because if I heard Chick Fil A came out with ooh, with some of those seasonings in it, maybe mm -hmm. some little 
Ooh, imagine the spicy chicken sandwich with a side of baked beans. Some of those spices that they used in the spicy chicken sandwich? If they got like a sweet sriracha twist to the baked beans? I'm just saying. They got the uh, the sweet sriracha sauce? <clears throat> something like that? Yeah. Like, do but something don't like jump, that. But, but don't jump to the mac and cheese because Chick-fil-A, like... You can't mess that up. Now, I gotta... They should have had a full rollout of maybe a grandma on a commercial mm-hmm. just kind of talking about how she was the consultant for Chick-fil-A during a period of time, how she broke it down, and she had other grandmothers from the church come by. Did we talk about Chick-fil-A should have consulted those black churches, churches that have church to about 3 p.m.? Right. And then they got the fish fry afterwards. Maybe they should have brought some churches in and say, you know what? How do y'all make macaroni and cheese? Because if I go into Chick-fil-A and I get me a side of macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. and if I see anything of the Velveeta uh, um, um, twist, if I see anything that's just like noodles with some cheese sprinkled on top, like you can't do mac and cheese fast. No. Unless, unless you have a system on Sundays or after closing where y'all prepare and y'all do a thorough preparation of your macaroni and cheese for the next day and y'all run out. It cannot be we have macaroni and cheese from, from, from lunch until close. No. Mm-hmm. It should be like uh, uh, while supplies last. Mm, that's right. We got, mother, we got mothers from, from local churches. That has been considered qualified for the macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. certified macaroni and cheese makers. Mm-hmm. We bring them in Sunday nights. We bring them in at closing. Right. And they make three to four, maybe five big pans. Mm-hmm. You cannot make macaroni and cheese last all day. You cannot tell me that the high school kid in the back is going to make y'all's macaroni and cheese by the 2 p.m. rush hour. See. 5 p.m. rush hour. Macaroni and cheese is not a side that you rush. You cannot rush it. And you're right, Josh. This should have been like Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. This is what you should be doing then on Sundays. You spend the time, you know, you go to church. Okay. What you need to be doing is going to these Baptists. Go to Ebenezer AME Zion Baptist Church. Okay. Worship the Lord. don't, Don't go to Elevation. Don't, don't go to go elevation. To, don't go to a church that has one name. Don't one, go to anything that has church on the end. If it's anything no. church, if it's uplift church, if it's uh, moving forward church, anything with church on the end. Elevation. No, nope, no, nothing with church on the end. It should have an AME or a Zion or an Ebenezer. One of those. You go to that church. Okay, yeah. that's where you worship the Lord that day, and then afterwards you get the mothers of the church. Okay. And you learn from them. You glean from their years of of of, 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 of of putting in work in the kitchen. Okay? There should be a stringent application process. Not just everybody can 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 cook for you uh, at Chick-fil-A with your macaroni and cheese. They have to have, you know, the references. Okay? They have to have references. They have to have, go through the application process. And they should be making that mac and cheese on Sunday night making several pans and like you it's it's going to be limited okay yeah. it's only served uh you know during dinner hours maybe from five to nine that's right while you, supplies last while supplies last this is how you if you're going to do it chick-fil-a because you've been excellent at everything else but i'm really worried about this one mac and cheese is not easy but bd 
BD, BD, recently, if there's any place that I can trust to, to, to get close, we're not talking about just to get close. Right. But bro, it better be, it better be knockout banging every single time I get it. The one day you slip, the one day you slip, I'm done. <laughs> That's the hard thing about mac and cheese. It's hard to keep it consistent because good macaroni and cheese, Josh, it's made with love. It's made with love. And I don't know how much do you love money or do you love the mac and cheese? You know what I mean? If you're looking at your profit margins and you're saying, hey, skimp on the cheese here. Okay. No. Don't add so much cream. Take some of the cream out. Okay. Then you can't do it. When you're making that mac and when the mac and cheese is banging, grandma's not thinking about profit margins. She's not. She's saying, ooh. I think this needs a little bit more butter. Let me put a stick of butter in there. And let she's it thinking about butter. she's thinking about generations, generations. Why she's grinding that cheese? She's thinking about legacy. She's thinking about her legacy, how her story will be told after she's long gone at family reunions for years to come. They care about what you say about their macaroni and cheese. Absolutely. And you need someone that cares about the Yelp reviews, that cares about how the church feel about it. You should be taking your cooks to th- see that if Chick-fil-A comes out with a press release that says we've been going to Ebenezer and Mount Zion churches for two years. Mm-hmm. Our cooks have caught the Holy Ghost. Mm. The cooks have the cooks have been tutored. Have the cooks have been trained. They have been mentored. Yes. Then I shall believe it, it, it should take about a year and a half of extensive training. For because the mothers can't be there all day. The mothers no. can't be there. They no. got they got a little newt nuke to babysit. That's you know, right. they they gotta go and do Sunday school. They gotta prep for Sunday school for tomorrow, Sunday. But bro, when they heard when I heard mac and cheese, I, I began to think Chick-fil-A, bro, y'all just got number one. <laughs> you just got to the number one spot. Like, like just baked beans. Baked beans. There you go. If you mess up baked beans, we'll forgive you. It's baked we'll beans. It's you know, it's beans. like, ah, uh, hit and a miss, but it's okay. It's still Chick-fil-A. If you are going to go after mac and cheese. No, no, BD. I don't trust it already, but who's, who's Chick-fil-A's top clientele? They love that runny mac and cheese. See? See, we're the bottom. They just put macaroni and cheese out there because they're probably in southern states. Mm-hmm. And and you know, uh those are the lighter persuasion. They don't care. They their their taste on macaroni and cheese is not like our macaroni and cheese. Right. I'm already thinking that it's not gonna be our kind of macaroni and cheese. It's not gonna be from the mothers, the grandmothers. It's not gonna be I don't think it's gonna be that macaroni and cheese. If it is, if it is. Mm-hmm. But outside looking in, without a taste bud tasting it yet. I'm thinking it's going to be probably cream, noodles, sprinkled cheese on top. Cream, noodles, sprinkled cheese on top. Mm. That's what I think. It ain't going to be baked. It's probably going to come out of a... They got the little scooper joint. Mm-hmm. Scoop the macaroni and cheese. Put it in a bowl. Sprinkle cheese on it. That's what I think it's going to be. And you know, I think you're right. And I think this is why I'm so worried. Because I think deep down, at our very core, right? Yeah. We know that Chick-fil-A 
is not doing it for us. Nah, it's okay? not for us. It's not for us. We're not really who they're targeting with their food, but their food is <clears> so <throat> good. The chicken sandwich is so delicious and convenient. Their customer service is so impeccable, and they treat us like they really care. BD, could Chick-fil-A be mocking us to keep us from coming to their establishments? Like Gucci, like Gucci and them did. I really hope not, but I'm worried. I think, I think they just don't want us to shop there. Now I'm just joking, but usually when I come by Chick Fil A, it's about maybe one or two black people working there. Yeah, and they're not probably of. Well, I ain't gonna go there, but <clears throat> Chick Fil A, man, I'm gonna taste it. Maybe we should do it. Maybe maybe that should be our first. Maybe the Lord tarried us. No, no. I know where you're going. We're doing the Popeyes and Chick-fil-A taste test. Okay, this is important. Is that, is this that is an what integral... the people want? Yes. Yes, that's all everyone is talking about on social media. The new Popeyes chicken sandwich. And people are getting out of pocket. Okay? I'm going to save my critiques. We're going to do the video. Okay? People, and the sandwich people... is good. But people are getting out of pocket. Pete, we live in an era of prisoners of the moment, BD. Come on, man. People wilding out. It's good, but don't be disrespectful. Because of the disrespect, I will try it. Yes. I will do this again because of the disrespect. Okay. And then the second one will be the macaroni and cheese. Yes. <clears throat> There's a couple other ones, too. <clears throat> Which, what are those? Jack in the Box has spicy chicken strips now. I don't anticipate them being good, but... We'll try it. I haven't had Jack in the Box in like three years, but Jack in the Box either. was my Jack in the Box was my go-to fast food drink. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's enough of me ranting. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Chick Fil A. I still love you, um, but I'm worried about that mac and cheese. We're gonna go ahead and get into the main topic of the day. And Josh, I'm gonna pass the baton to you on this one. But uh, I, I know we're gonna be talking about communication. But I'm going to go ahead and let you set the table, my friend. Let me go ahead and get into my reverend bag. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about proper communication in relationships. It is very important for us to really get down to the fundamentals of communication. A lot of people are not positioning their relationships for success because they're not invested into ensuring that they are a person of character and a person of proper communication. So I have a lot of notes that I have to get through today. We're going to be talking about three main themes. We're going to be talking about what you must know about communication, components of communication, and how to communicate a critique or a concern. Let's start with number one. Let me get to my notes because I have a lot of notes here, but I wanted to make sure that I invest. I got a lot of questions in the last two weeks or so from people who are struggling in the communication department. And I said the best channel for me to do this on is with the homie. The good guy over there in Texas, uh, Texas B. Let's get to it. There's a scripture that I want to talk about real quickly. And then I'm going to get into some points where BD can chime in. But it's Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. 
It's very important for us to dissect that and to ensure that we are people prepared for communication. It says, the first thing says, let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths. Corruption inward, uh, corruption allowed inward will be corruption that will be spewed outward. You have to be a person that allows um, the right type of components to be digested in you because when you're oppressed or when you're going through a tough time with your significant other, when communication is, is vital and needed, there won't be anything that will corrupt her mind, corrupt his mind, corrupt his joy, her joy, etc. But it will continue to follow this. It says, but only such as good for building up. So, much, so many of us are so broken down that we don't even know how to build people up with our communication. Broken people can't build anything. You have to make sure that you are a person of character with nothing corrupting inside of you so that nothing comes out of you that will, uh, that will corrupt someone else. It says, as is good for building up as fit the occasion. Some of us would be speaking out of pocket. We'd be speaking out of, out of occasion. But it's important for us to know our environment, know the person that we're talking to, etc. Last point, and then we want to talk about what you must know about communication. And BD will be able to chime in. That it may give grace to those who hear. So many of us don't know what it means to be empathetic, sympathetic, or grace-giving. We have to have these components within our communication so that when whoever we speak to in relationship form would benefit from it. Now, <clears throat> let's get to our first point. What you must know about communication. I got this point right. In order to have great relationship, in order to have a great relationship, you must know these three things. The core of communication, the cycles of communication, and the conflicts of communication. Let's start with the core of communication. If you look at the word BD of communication, you can see the word community. In order for us to have a great relationship with our significant other, we have to have great communication. If you find a great relationship, chances are they have a great uh, communicative skill sets. That supports their relationship. But in order to have a good communication, the core of it is community. And in order for us to have community with our significant other, there must be something that we have in common. The thing that we have in common with our significant other is purpose. When you are in love with someone that you share a purpose with, that you are building a corporation, an empire with, that births community. And if community is birthed between you and your significant other, then when it's time to speak to them, then your communication will be gentle. Your communication will be peaceful. And that's where you find the core of communication. If you want to have a great relationship, you have to have great communication skills. And the core of that is community that is birthed from common interests. I'm going to see if BD got something to say and we can get to the rest of the points. But that's that's the first step in, in, the, rest, in the first few uh, points that I have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. But I mean, whenever you're communicating with your spouse, um, you guys do have to you y'all have to be on the same page. So it goes back to some of the things that we talked about as far as, you know, while you're dating, making sure that you know this is the person who you, your purposes are aligned, like your vision is aligned and your relationship with God is aligned. That's that's that that's that core right there that all of y'all's communication has to flow from. Because you're going to have times when you're getting in arguments or you have you see certain things a certain way and she sees it another a different way. You have to come back to that core. Our, what are our foundation? What's our foundation? OK, it's our relationship with Christ. That's that that third 
strand with it was it the, the three the third chord yep third chord yeah not easily broken movie yeah um yeah, that's that's the, that's the third chord so that's what you have to come back to in your communication so you, so if you're doing that you're not going to say crazy stuff that you know there's some there's some stuff that you can say that you can't take back man it's like toothpaste out of uh you know out of the toothpaste container like you can't put it back in there so you have to be careful about the things that you say you can't just speak out of emotion you have to come back to that core and and that's your purpose and that's your relationship with god yeah and that burst that goes takes us right to our second point the cycles of communication in order to have a healthy uh relationship and have healthy communications. My second point, you have to have healthy communications with three people. You have to have healthy communication with God, healthy communication with yourself, healthy communication with your significant other. It is very important to make sure that you and God have a healthy relationship, that you communicate with him often. See, when I get upset or disappointed or whatever, or when my wife and I go through um, disagreements, before I even give the enemy the opportunity, before I even allow him to have an open door, I go vent to God about it. Yes. Most of us, we try to give what's hot or what's, what's, what's flaming in our hearts to the person without the right mittens. God is the only one with the right mittens to hold the hottest things of your heart. And if you don't have a healthy relationship with him and a healthy communication with him, then you won't be able to properly ventilate uh, uh, open up ventilation for you to get the steam off the top of your concern. Some of us are passing over our concerns and that person is not receiving it because of the way it was given. They're not going to be able to receive it because it's too hot for them to handle. So in order for you to have a healthy communication with your significant other, there's two people first you must have healthy communication with. Number one, healthy communication with God. Going to him to vent. Healthy communication with yourself. That's why many of us, the reason why we communicate false expectations on people because we haven't communicated to ourselves the expectations we have for us. When you have proper communication with you, you will be able to see the bs that you're contributing you'll be able to see that maybe i'm maybe i'm doing too much maybe maybe I'm, i have false expectations when you communicate with yourself you will then be able to have the empathetic eye for your significant other and which will make the communication between you all a little bit more pleasant <clears throat> a little bit more digestible but so many of us, we skip god we skip ourselves and we give our concerns or we give uh um um uh, forms of communication that our significant other is not going to be able to receive in that package. So after the core of communication, you have to understand the cycles of communication so that when it's time to communicate with your significant other, you have already given over to God. God has put you in a right posture to be self-reflecting that you can go towards your significant other, whether concern or with cele or celebratory, uh, um, um, whatever praises with the right form of communication. Absolutely. Uh, and just to jump in there, like, I think that's something that, and I, I don't know, I, I'll talk to more, I, I would speak more to the men in this regard, but a lot of times you get into um, disputes and, and arguments uh, within the context of like marriage or just relationships, but <coughs> primarily I'm talking about marriage and you feel like you have to resolve it right there. Like I know as men, like we're wired to be problem solvers. So yeah. sometimes, you know, your wife comes to you with a concern or something like that, and you're wanting to, like, this is how we fix the problem. Like, this is the solution. How do you not see this? And it gets frustrating or whatever. And it not, I mean, we might not always be right. 
but that's how we are wired. That's how we're trained to, you know, that's how we're wired to think. But I think it's important a lot of times to like, instead of trying to fix it right there, trying to have that discussion right there, especially if you feel yourself getting emotionally, you know, riled up, Mm -hmm. take a step back and just say, Hey babe, we obviously, we, we coming from two different sides on this. Let me sleep on it. Let me pray on it a little bit. And we'll come back and we'll, we'll revisit this tomorrow. I promise you the issue will still be there. Yeah. So that's where you go and you retreat, man. And you talk to God. Hey, God, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm. this is the situation. This is how I feel about it. This is how she feels about it. And just get to yourself and get quiet and listen to what the what God is telling you. Okay? Get in your scriptures. You know, seek counsel on it. And, and that's also where, you know, you have that self-talk as well. Because you'll start to hear... You know, things in your mind, you know, your flesh trying to tell you certain things and you have to talk to your flesh and be like, hey, no, like, I don't care if she's getting on my nerves right now. Okay, this is the woman I married. This is why I married her. This is why I'm going to stay committed to her and we're going to figure this thing out. So once you do all that, you come back to the situation with a clear mind, with, you know, you've heard from the Lord and you've cooled down and you got, I guarantee you'll have a more productive conversation. She's probably cooled down too, but those are the, like, where you talk about the cycles of conversation, like that, that would be my biggest input there. You don't have to resolve it right there. Like no. take a step back, talk to God, talk to yourself, get your mind right, and then come back at it. Yeah. And it goes down to my, my third seed, the conflicts of communication. And I have two things that conflicts that hinders proper communication is selfishness and insecurities. Just like BD was uh, um, edifying the brothers with, is that you have to understand that it's not about you. Ladies, it's not about you. Most of us, most people, the reason why our relationships sink is through the torpedoes of, of, of selfishness. You see what I'm saying? When it's all about you and you only care about what you care about, then that's when assumptions build, then that's when fear builds, because the enemy doesn't want intimacy. He doesn't, and the way to birth intimacy is not through sex, it's through communication. Communication is what opens up uh, intimate and hot sex between you and your wife and you and your husband because there's understanding. You cannot have communication in a proper sense without understanding. And if all, if the only person you understand is you and you haven't allowed God through intimacy of marriage to rewire you where y'all's wires connect and you're able to feel her and feel him before you spew out what you want to say, man, chances are you guys would have have yet to become one flesh. Y'all may have became one one flesh and and bodily form, but you haven't become one flesh and spirit and soul form. It's important to be holistically connected with your significant other. And if you truly care about how they feel, if you have allowed God, who is the third core, to wire all three of y'all together, then there will be no selfishness in your communication and there won't be any insecurities. And a lot of people are not speaking up today in relationships because they're insecure. I'd rather be secured alone than to stay insecure in a relationship that is not securing me. And a lot of people are allowing insecurities from keeping them speaking up. You're being abused. You're being misused. You better speak up for yourself. And that's what's conflicting proper communication. I'm insecure about this twofold. I'm insecure about this and I don't know what to say and how to leave. Or I'm insecure about this and I'm and I'm and I got these expectations silently inside of me. And my significant other doesn't know that what he's doing or what she's doing is hurting me. The conflicts. of good communication in relationships boils down to selfishness and insecurities. 
And to pick, pick, um, piggyback off of that, <clears throat> you have to work to to know those things about your spouse. That's right. Right? And it comes with time. You're not going to know everything when y'all first get married. Um, but in over time, having deep conversations with your spouse, like finding out, you know, what kind of insecurities they may have, what kind of things they've gone through, you know, in their past, in their life, like that is... That is your mission over the course, over the life of your marriage is to deeply and intimately get to know your spouse. And that's where the beauty of marriage is. That's where the intimacy is. That's where, like you said, that's when you having the best, you know, the, the relations uh, in the bedroom. Like when y'all are deeply, intimately connected, because what that'll do is when you having those arguments and she's coming from a whole different you know, place from where you coming from. But you will you'll you'll understand where she's coming from though. That's right. Like I That's disagree, right. but I know why you're coming the way that you're coming. And you know, just acknowledging that will change the whole, you know, uh, course of that argument or that, you know, disagreement. So you have to know your spouse. You have to know what their insecurities are. You have to know, you know, what kind of things that they struggle with. I you know I've I've made it my personal mission and absolutely to know everything about my wife. Anytime we go anywhere uh, to a restaurant or whatever, like and you know I already I know I can tell you her order down to the spec you know the 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 detailed little you know quirks that she likes about her order at every restaurant. And she's like, <laughs> you know, why do you know that? Like, because I pay attention to everything yeah. that you do. I pay attention to everything. Anything you've ever told me, I can recall it. Anything she's told me, I can recall it. So, you know, I, I don't know if I know every single thing about her deep down, you know, to the core, but that's what I'm trying to get to. That's my mission. And she does the same thing for me. So that's 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 a major part of uh, being in a relationship in marriage. Let me tell you, relationship is not I paid attention. Relationship is I'm paying attention because many people paid attention, but that person has evolved. People you paid attention. Time. But they've grown. But you got to be a person that's paying attention. That every day you're sacrificing and paying a cost to pay attention. Because your wife, your husband is going to always grow. New experiences leads to new growth. You know, they're blossoming. They're growing. They're developing. And you got to make sure daily you are paying attention and not resting on the fact that you paid attention. Because the more you pay attention, you won't be distracted trying to pay that attention somewhere else. Yeah, you got to be paying attention. Stuff happens over the course of marriage. Look, you know, you get married to your wife and you paid attention to how her body looked and you paid attention to them curves <clears throat> and you like them. Hey, mm -hmm. you get married over time. You have some kids, you know, life hits, you know, the, the responsibilities. It might not look the same. But are yeah. you paying attention? Are you aware that she's a little insecure about how she looks now? You know, are you still reassuring her and making sure that you still love her just the same? That's why you have to be paying attention. If you're not paying attention, then, you know, she's insecure about stuff and she's coming at you, she's snapping back at you for certain stuff that you say. And you're like, well, you coming at me like that for it. But if you're paying attention, you yep. know, hey, things are changing. So like you said, that's important. You're paying attention, not that you paid attention to get her. You are the over the course of that relationship. You are constantly paying attention because people grow, circumstances change, people evolve over the years. That's a never-ending process. Man, you don't get married because of looks. You get married because of life. You got to build life with a person. If you get caught up with looks, looks fade, man. 
You got to be able to see deep beauty. That doesn't mean they're they're not attractive. People still grow, but attraction grows because you are aware of the depths of that individual. And that will help with with going forward because a lot of people grow silent because of their paid attention. And now when they see that person changing, they haven't grown to the maturity to be able to manage that person's growth, to be able to manage that person's um, deep uh, depths of beauty. And now all of a sudden, now that person feels insecure, trapped in a relationship because, because of what you paid previously. Now, the components of communication, <clears throat> real quickly, there's four. Real quickly, and I'm going to get to the what we're trying to get to. The components of communication is four-folded. There's the deliverer, the deliverer of the communication, the delivery of the communication, the delivery receiver, and the deliverance. Now, you know, I had to go old school. We, BBD talked about Ebenezer. He talked about Mount Zion Baptist Church and that deliverance. You see what I'm saying? Well, the church don't talk about deliverance no more, BD. There's two things the church don't talk about. They don't talk about repentance and they don't talk about deliverance. Okay? All this cupcake, cookie dough sermons making people feel good, but people ain't good. Okay, mm. we got to bring repentance and deliverance and back back into the house of God. God ain't visited most of y'all's churches because he's not welcome to bring conviction, which leads to repentance, which leads to deliverance. Mm. Hey, we got to get back to the roots of the gospel. Okay. He came in not to be a pillow, but a sword causing division. <laughs> I don't get started, Rev. Man, I might, I might have to. I might do a live tonight. <laughs> I'm calling all the saints to wake up at midnight tonight, and we gonna be on our face before the Lord in prayer. Mm. But the components, the components of communication start. With <laughs> <laughs> but the components of communication, <laughs> the components of the communication starts with the deliverer. Okay. That's why you got to talk to you. Talk to God. Like, are you ready to deliver this message? Mm. Are you ready to deliver this communication? Is it going to, are you going to be, are you in the right temperament to build up? Are you in the right self-awareness to make sure you speak that fits the occasion? Are you able to ensure that your words will be gentle enough to get, give grace, but also give growth? There's a way to communicate that gives grace and the right type of criticism or critique to bring growth. Communication gives grace while at the same time offering growth. And you got to make sure that you are merciful, that you are self-aware, and that you are growing. Because if you deliver that thing wrong, that person's going to shoot back at you that you're not what you're asking them to be. And you got to make sure as the deliverer of a concern, the deliverer of a message or in any type of delivery, you got to make sure you as the person is ready to deliver the message. Absolutely. Um, I say it all the time. It's not what you say is how you say it. And it's when you say it as well to take it a step further. So as a man of God, you have to be in tune with with God. Because uh, he'll let you know, when is it time for me to deliver this message to my yeah. wife? Is now a good time, right? I just got home from work. She's been, you know, she just changed like two 
uh, poofy diapers and she's trying to get dinner ready, the kids are screaming, is now the time to deliver this message? Or should I wait till tomorrow? Or, you know, we're going out on date night and we're going to have a, you know, a good time and relax. Maybe that's the time. Like the Holy Spirit will let you know when to deliver that message and even how to deliver that message. So you have to be sensitive to that and you have to be prayed up and in tune with the Spirit to know how to deliver certain messages. Because like you said, the message can be good. The message can be sound. The message yeah. can be wisdom. <clears throat> but if you come at him the, at her the wrong way, and it works both ways. If you come at a man the wrong way at the wrong time, he just got in from work, you know, he tired. You know, he just want to sit down and watch ESPN for 30 minutes. And you come at him with an issue, it could be something that he needs to, you know, step up and handle. But that might not be the time. That's right. So that's all I got on that one. Listen, you got to, in order to communicate correctly, you cannot communicate from ego. You can't communicate from emo. You got to communicate from Evo. Evo means evolve. You know what I'm saying? People try to communicate from ego. Men be like, I got ego. I'm communicating because of my ego, my pride, whatever. Women are communicating from their emo, their emotions. You got to communicate from Evo. Evo means I've evolved or I am evolving. And in my growth, I'm able to recognize growth. I'm able to recognize and give grace and that I'm evolving myself. You cannot evolve if the root part of you is ego. You cannot evolve if the root of you is emo, that anytime your pride is hit, you speak from ego. Anytime your feelings are hit, you speak from emotion. That's why evolving and growing in your relationship with God daily is important so that when it's time to communicate, even while offended, you know what to do to ensure that you communicate uh, what fits the occasion, a soft answer, turning away wrath. You got to be a, you got to be that person so that when you end those moments of pressure, that whatever comes out of your speech will be able to change the temperament of the environment. It doesn't matter how your coworker, your boss, your wife, your husband comes at you. You've been so uh, focus on evolving in the things of God, then when it's time to communicate, you're not communicating from your ego. You're not communicating from your emo. You're communicating from your evil because you are evolving. The deliverer. Next component of the communication, the delivery. Listen, just like BD said, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it and who is saying it and who you're saying it to. You see what I'm saying? Delivery matters. Delivery comes from discernment, getting to know your significant other. There is a way that I deliver communication to other people that's different than I communicate with my wife because she's closest. You see what I'm saying? I can't just <clears throat> deliver communication like I do to BD to my wife because I am discerning. I know her. Your delivery matters. The softer it is, the better it's received. You got to understand, you've been feeling this before they felt it. That's why the cycles of communication is important that you go to God, you talk to yourself so that when you do deliver the communication to your significant other, there's empathy there, there's understanding there, there's grace there, and the delivery has no dings in the package that you gently set that package before them. It, it's nothing broken on the inside. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's able to be received. So just like the deliverer, you got to make sure that you evolve and that you're cool, that you're ready to communicate. And you got to think about how you're going to deliver this message to your wife. How does she receive it? It doesn't matter if you come from a military background and that's how you talk. 
You know, you got to be able to say, hey, man, she's a little bit more gentle than I am. She's she doesn't receive it in that type of tone because tone is a part of communication. Not only you not only is words a part of the communication process, but tone is. And if you have talked to God and talked to yourself, your tone will be correct and your tone will be in the right tune for your receivers listening ears. And that's a good point. And that's a lot of, um, I think, what a lot of men can struggle with. Um, and I'm sure, like I said, it goes both <coughs> ways as well. But speaking to the men and speaking from experience, like yeah. like you said, being in the military, I am in the military. And, you know, communication in the military is like a whole separate thing. Like we talk differently. Like there is no fluff. There is no political correctness. It is straight. Look, this is what needs to get done. You need to do it. Like you're messing up. <laughs> you're not doing it right. So when I'm at work and I'm talking to, you know, my supply clerk or whatever, I'm just talking direct to him. I'm barking orders like, hey, go do this and then handle that and come let me know when it's done. You know what I mean? When I come home, I can't have that same tone with yeah. my wife. She doesn't work for me. She is my partner. That's right. Okay. She's not a subordinate. Yes, I am in charge of the, I'm the head of the household. Yes, I am responsible to God, but I, I, that's not how I communicate with my wife, though. Like, she's not a subordinate. She she is a partner, and we work together. So when I'm communicating with her, it has to be totally different. An important thing that, you know, I always say, um, I've told you before, like, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to relationships, there's no more winning. Like, you know what I mean? Arguments. Hmm. Like, you can't, like, even if you win, uh, you know, like, even if you give the best rebuttal, the best argument, and you completely shut her down, you did not win. You did. <laughs> because that, that that's not a win. You guys are working together. So keeping that in mind, your delivery needs to be filled with grace, needs to be filled mm -hmm. with patience. You need to get your point across, but you need to get it across in a way that she feels like, you know what I mean? He He still loves me. He still thinks I'm amazing. He still thinks I'm a good wife, a good mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to reassure her and let her know, you know, through your delivery that she's still appreciated and that you understand what she's going through. Hey, you understand the context of it. you understand. Hey, I know you got a lot going on with the kids and, you know, the job and whatever she whatever she does. Um, but whatever the issue is. So it's about your delivery. Yeah, that's very important. It's very important how you deliver, man. And the same thing for ladies to your man. There's a just because a man is an alpha male, he's a strong man. You got a strong man, hey man, we don't like to be taught to a certain kind of way. And when you understand that life is about talking to a person, not talking down or talking up, a relationship should not be a relationship where you all you got to talk up to a person or talk down to a person. You got to talk to your significant other, talk to them as an equal. Not a subordinate and not a person that you have puffed up above you or they're placed above. They place themselves above you. You see what I'm saying? And if you're in a relationship right now where you're always talking down to and you always feel yourself talking up to them, then you might want to consider that relationship if you're not married. And if you're married, you got to give God the opportunity and be that pillar in your family to allow uh, your salvation to be convincing enough that will lure that person to salvation too. And God will help you. But for those who are single, those who are dating, this is serious. You know what I'm saying? When you got a common interest that births out of community, then you have the right kind of communication. Me and my wife have a great community. We have a great culture. 
in our marriage. That's important. Let's talk about that for like maybe 30 seconds. You got to have the right culture. You got to have a culture in your marriage that welcomes concerns, that welcomes critique, that welcomes if you don't want to be married to a person that you don't even feel like you can even just casually talk to. They're right. so closed off. They're so busy in their career that you can't even there's a lot of silent homes. I won't even call them homes, quiet houses. Because there's a two types of two types of dwelling places in marriages. Either you're dwelling in a home or you're dwelling in a house. And your relationship is a reflection of what kind of place you're dwelling in. Those who lives in those who live in homes have healthy communication. Those who live in houses, closed off communications. So you got to make sure that you create the right culture, that you strong enough in who you are in Christ as a man, that if your wife has a concern about what, how things are going, that you don't, it's not a shot at your ego. No, but you got to say, okay, I'm going to go right to my Evo and I'm going to evolve on what my wife brought to me. or I'm going to evolve on what my husband brought to me. You cannot be so in your feelings as a woman that if your man says something to you that you know is wrong about you, that you go, okay, I'm going to take my husband. I'm going to take what he says and I'm going to evolve. But so many people dwell in the ego and emo categories that there's no opportunity for communication. The devil loves it. He loves when there's ego and emo in the house because he knows no home can be birthed from those two types of emotions. Not at all. The third one of the components of communication is delivery receiver. That's just self-explanatory. How would they like to receive what you want to say to them? Every person in any type of delivery business has a deliver the, the, the receiver in mind. Chew your words to see what they taste like before you give it to someone else. Because what can be forgiven can't always be forgotten. And a lot of us said things in the, in the heat of emo and the heat of ego that's now causing a person to demo. <laughs> demo? Uh, uh, dang. What's the, how did I say it? Demo? Depo? Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. I help you at all. D D I, Demo, Demo. There we go, Demo. Whoop! I knew it was there. Demo calls them to Demo. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good guy's podcast. This these things should happen here, okay? Yep. But you got to have the receiver in mind, man, and 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 you got to make sure you humble yourself in your pride. You you relax yourself with your emotions and your feelings. And you think about who they really are. Think about like sometimes we think so much of ourselves that we forget who we in married, who who we're in relationship with. That's a lot. If you got a good person, there's a lot of good there. Okay. The last point: deliverance. Communication should always lead to freedom. Proper communication leads to freedom. It frees you. It frees them. It, it opens up a, a culture of freedom where everything is free. Everything is 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 not shackled by you delivered this message to your wife and now she's still shackled and bound by an insecurity that you put on her because you said things out of pocket. Your man is not now free from from to be a man to lead <clears throat> because he's not he's not imprisoned by your by your words 
that's that's coming after him. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you that comes out of your mouth should not put your significant other in prison. It should always lead to deliverance. It should lead to a, a culture of freedom that that person is delivered. That person's like, man, I don't I don't feel angry anymore. Oh, I'm glad you communicated that. Now we're on the same page now. And if there's no freedom in your relationship, it's because somebody in the relationship wants to keep the other one imprisoned. And some people are in the prisons of a crime of an ex. You you what you haven't got over your ex yet, and now you got your wife in a prison. Now you got your husband in a prison. Now you got your boyfriend in a prison, your girlfriend in a prison because of a crime of another person. And now your speech is so demoralizing. Your speech is not edifying, building up a fit the occasion because your mind is constantly dwelling on what you've been through, what, what happened to you when you was a kid and, and the pain. Set yourself free so that you can speak words of freedom and not imprisoning through your words, your significant other. And not only that, like communication, when you talk about deliverance, you talk about freedom. You have to foster an environment, like you said, of open communication. I know some like sometimes you could feel like, oh, you know, I'd rather just not say anything because I don't want to start up an argument or I don't want to start any strife or, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable or anything like that. But that communication is what leads to a better marriage. That's okay? right. That sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to get to where you need to be. So you know, if there's an issue in the relationship, if there's something that, you know, you're not providing for her that she needs, mm -hmm. she needs to be able to tell you that. And you need to be able to take that, you know, make the necessary adjustments, talk with God. Hey, this is what she said. You know, what do, you, what do I need to be doing? What can I do better? You know, and make the necessary adjustments. And that's how you guys grow. And that's how you guys get better, you know, as a couple. But if you're in a relationship, you feel like, you know, if there's something wrong, I can't tell them about it, then just, it, that stuff is just going to build up over years, over right. years. You know, oh, you know, this, this same issue has been going on for years and they're just building up resentment and you guys are growing apart slowly. It's better to just go ahead and have that little <clears throat> conflict, have the little discomfort, you know, have, have, the, have the conversation, have the conversation in grace, deliver it the correct way. And have those open lines of communications. And that's how you guys stay close. That's how you guys, you know, have a better relationship. That's real, BD. It's, it's the culture is important. You have to be so used to conviction that you're able to be critiqued. Because when you walk in with Christ, there's always going to be something in areas to grow in your life. You see what I'm always. saying? If you're used to being challenged by God, straightened out by the Holy Spirit, if you're used to growth, if you're used to improving, if you're used to those different things, you don't mind someone critiquing you if it's with the right temperament. You see what I'm saying? It does, it's nothing wrong with telling that person, I receive what you say, but can you say it this way next time? You know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with that, <clears throat> but you have to create a culture where, where, where you can grow. So many people are so used to being comfortable, so used to being stagnant that anytime there's a challenge or areas to improve, they feel tried. They feel like, uh, well, I, I, I don't know if I don't know about this anymore. No, grow. And that's where we talk about, you know, are you ready to be married? The things about marriage, the day and time. Like when you get married, you're going to find out some things about yourself that you might not like that you didn't think was the issue before. 
But now that you're living with somebody else and that mirror is showing you exactly who you are and what your, you know, weaknesses are and what your, you know, flaws are, and they're going to tell you about yourself. And if, you know, you're single, when you're single, you're not really used to hearing that. That's right. You know, when you're growing up, maybe in your parents' house, you know, you got corrected and, and things like that. But when you get off on your own, you've been single for a while, you're not really hearing a lot of that. You're doing whatever you want to do. But when you get married and you're on somebody... They're going to tell you, hey, man, this ain't right. Like the, the way you handle these situations, it's not good. And if you can't handle that, if you can't, you know, receive that with grace and and, and, and humility and make the necessary changes, it's not going to be good. And listen, some people have made marriage the goal. That's why they haven't grown in a while. They got married. That's the goal. I got here. There's no need to grow. But mission minded marriages are in a constant state of growth. They're constantly growing because they're mission-minded marriages. If marriage was your mission, you ain't going to mind the mission that God has for it. And a lot of people, they get married, they get comfortable. Men get married so they can cool off their, their sexual organ. Women get married to cool off their loneliness. You know what I'm saying? And then it, once the cooling off comes down and y'all looking at each other, the sex has been satisfying to a degree. You got someone to warm you up at night and you now you're realizing, wow, this is more than just these things that we got here for. But when you go, if you're a mission-minded individual, then you're not going to accept too many people into your life. And when you get into a mission-minded marriage, a man of God and a woman of God ain't going ain't gonna to tolerate certain things. Because they got somewhere to go. They they, they they fear God. You know what I'm saying? They revere God. They want to be productive for God in the land before they get into heaven. So th- we don't got time for this complacency. We, we're supposed to produce godly seed here. We're supposed to be a, a God, a godly beacon of hope to other marriages. We just can't be sitting in complacency. And when you marry someone like that, you better, you better, you better get ready for that if that's what you really want. And people, they want a man of God. They want a woman of God. They want a person that's about their business and really honor marriage. But they're not honoring it themselves. They're not preparing to be able to manage it. And that's why, look, y'all hear us keep talking about it over and over. And we say it, marriage is hard. It's work. Work. We're not saying that we don't enjoy our marriages. I love my marriage. I love my wife. It's been the biggest blessing, you know, in my life. It's made me so much better of a person. But that's through trials and tribulations and struggles and me having to change, you know, some of the selfish ways that I had prior to marriage. My wife having to change some of the things that, you know, that she was doing and those having those conversations. It's work. It's work. If y'all don't get anything else from the Good Guys podcast, you talk about marriage, it's work, man. So be prepared for that. But it's beautiful. It's a beautiful struggle. And it's worthwhile. Anything worth having. yeah, go ahead, B. I'm sorry. We we could we could kick, you know, the same, you know, a lot of people just oh marriage is the wonderful, wonderful marriage is bliss and da da da. And we could do that, but it ain't gonna help you when you get married and it get actually get married and this stuff starts hitting you in the face, that those messages is not gonna help you. So go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. And then, no, no, you're good, bro. That's why we give it to you real. We want to give y'all a catalog online to be able to revert back to in your uh, uh, in your current marriage or before you get married. And a lot of you all, y'all message us, y'all comment about how y'all take notes. And this is what we're here for. We want y'all to be prepared. We want y'all to have the right mindset. Like marriage is amazing. But see, me and BD always had a work ethic. 
So when we got into marriage, we knew what it we knew what it is. We knew what it's gonna be. We know it's gonna take work, man. And 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 a lot of people are not are 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 don't know how to communicate now. We live in an age where y'all communicate through phones back in our day we had to show up face to face and tell and 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 i think that's missing in this generation to a degree that people break up over text people uh uh, end things over they just fall away they disappear people don't people don't like conflict communication Mm -hmm. is going to have some conflict in it and and if if you're afraid of conflict then you're not going to have proper communication skills and if you don't have proper communication skills the divorce rate will continue to skyrocket Right. You got to be ready to uh, a conflict resolution. You got to be able to take it, resolve it, and come together. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about how to properly communicate a, cri- a criticism or concern. I call this the spicy communication sandwich. Oh, this is delicious. this exclusive. I know this is exclusive. I got this today. Okay. I call this fresh. the spicy. This is fresh Rayma. If you hear fresh, it, man. if you hear it somewhere else, I got the date stamp right here. This came from me and God 10 minutes before the podcast. <laughs> the spicy communication sandwich. Three like C's. Hungry. Celebrate, critique, celebrate. In order to communicate your concerns, and I have six points on how you can properly communicate these concerns. You got to be able to communicate correctly. And it's going to be spicy sometimes. That mm. critique that critique in the middle, it's going to be spicy sometimes. It's going to be Chick-fil-A spicy kind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the, before you get to the meat, you got to make sure the buns are buttered. Okay. You got to make sure the buns are toasted, soft, and buttered. Brilliant. You got to celebrate them. Hey, babe, you're doing exceptionally well in this area. I am so proud to be your man. Ladies, I'm so proud to be your wife. You are doing exceptionally well in this area. But there are some things that are kind of concerning me, though. You tell your concern and then you finish it. But I know you're growing. I know you've been busy. I know life. I know you went through a situation. But I just want to make sure I communicate my concern. When you celebrate, critique, celebrate, they're able to digest what you're communicating. It's not super spicy, just a hint of spice. Mm -hmm. But the butter... And the toastiness of the bread, it it, it, it nullifies the spicy, the the, the, the the hibernero, whatever it's called. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to, and, and, and the clarity of mind does that. When you think about how good your man and your good, how good your wife is, there's more to celebrate than critique. Far more. Far more to celebrate than critique. Now let's get right into my six, well, seven points on how to communicate your concerns okay previously what you heard me say was the spicy communication sandwich making sure that the celebration of your significant other is well toasted well buttered with a nice helping of of criticism in the middle that's not too spicy but just a hint of spicy may cause some conflict but when you slap that bottom bun on there they're able to receive it Okay, but these are seven points real quickly. And we're going to get into our top five size. Mm. Okay, and we're not talking about size of women. Okay, we, we, we don't have only time we talk about size is when we talk about our food. But number one, in order to properly communicate with your significant other, a critique or a concern, mm-hmm. you got to give yourself time to think and cool off. Okay. And don't assume. When you give yourself time to think and you give yourself time to cool off. 
man, it's best to, it's, that's the best type of climate to receive that kind of communication. Are you giving yourself time to think what you want to say through? Are you giving yourself time to cool off? Or are you allowing yourself to be in the heat of the moment with assumption as the leader leading you to a, 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 a very tough, conflicting conversation? Anything you want to share on that video? Let me just keep going. Rattle them off. Let me rattle them off for time's sake because we've been rocking and rolling. <laughs> Number one, you got to give yourself time to think and cool off and you got to make sure you don't assume. Number two, you got to face God, face yourself, then face them. Before you take, before you even think about facing them, before you even think about communicating them, face God, vent, vent face yourself and think, and then face them. Number three, you got to be honest. In order to be honest, you got to write everything down. The worst thing you can do is tell half of what you want to tell. And the reason why many of us only tell half of what we really want to say is because we allow anger and assumptions to lead us. When you really take your time to cool off and think things through, you'll be able to write down everything that you want to say and that you will have it present with you so that their, uh, their uh, words don't make you forget what you need to say. Number four, you have to clearly communicate and actively listen clearly communicate after you have faced God, after you have given yourself time, faced yourself, cooled off, and you have taken the time to be honest with yourself and put your honesty on paper, then you're able to clearly, through that spicy communication sandwich process, be able to clearly communicate what you have to say. After you have put a period to the last sentence of your conversation, of your form, of your delivery, now you have to turn your ears on and turn your mouth off. You now have to actively listen, okay? Because some of us, we communicate with closed ears. No, you have to you have to open your mouth in the beginning in the right climate where that person's able to receive and, and, and is able to receive it the way they like. And then you're able to then close your mouth, open your ears, and open your mind, and open your heart so that you can a be able to empathize and understand where they're coming from. After that, number five, Come together, you know what I'm saying. Grab her and be like, "Babe, man, what? Let, let, let's get let's listen. Let's get intimate." I hear what you have to say. I'm a change. I'm a go from ego to evolve. I'm a go from emo to evolve. I'm going to evolve, but let's come together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And 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 if coming together is not the option at that moment, <laughs> let's seek help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Entirely listen, possible that it might not be an option in that not, moment. Be, listen, and, 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 and listen, if if coming together is not ready, let her let her go and think about it. Let him go think about it. That's right. Give them 24 to 48 hours to process it. That's the beautiful thing about it. Give yourself 24 and 48 hours before you communicate. Give them 24 to 48 hours after you communicate. And then maybe in two days, y'all can get intimate. That's right. But you got to give them the same amount of time you gave yourself to be able to process what you've heard. And the beautiful thing about it is the reason why people don't want to communicate because of that conflict is because they think that person ain't going to come back. But if that person was given to you by God, that's the beautiful thing about having God as your asset in your relationship. God will deal with them. God will reveal to them. God will allow what you said to rest on a gentle heart. And in 24 to 40 hours, while you're still being kind to them, while you're still being 
being loving to them while they're processing, even if they're in their feelings or in their ego, you still be kind because the Bible says kindness will heap coals of fire on their head, meaning it will renew their mind. Don't just let them go off and then you go off. No, you go off and you keep the house going. You keep serving. You keep doing your thing with cheer, trusting in God to bring them back to you so y'all could come together. And then in the process, if it's something serious, something very real, seek help. You know, if there's some infidelity, if there's some anger management problems, if there's some PTSD, y'all get some help. There's certain, there's certain communication that you need some help to assist that. Six, revisit or communicate for the first time clear expectations. Conversations are great because some of us, we thought we told our significant other our expectation area, but that person never got that information. So now when y'all communicate, y'all can revisit what y'all communicated or communicate for the first time clear expectations so that when y'all go forward, number seven, y'all can document and celebrate growth. Number one, give yourself time to think and cool off and don't assume. Face God first, face yourself second and face them third. Be honest. And make sure you put your honesty thoroughly on paper, clearly communicate, actively listen. Number four, number five, come together. If it don't happen immediately, give them 24 to 48 hours and seek help if needed. Revisit or communicate for the first time, clear expectations. Last but not least, document and celebrate growth. That's all I got, BD. Okay. <clears throat> Good stuff today. I hope that was uh, beneficial to you guys. Hope that helps some people. But uh, yeah, man, when it comes to relationships, communication, if not the most, it's definitely one of the most important things, most important aspects of uh, relationships. So I hope that was beneficial to you guys. But with that said, we're going to keep it moving to the next topic. We've got another top five. And today, in the spirit of Chick-fil-A's mac and cheese, we're going to talk about our top five <clears throat> side dishes of all time i'm excited i'm getting hungry as we speak that spicy uh that spicy chicken uh sandwich uh concept that you gave just now pretty much made me hungry so yeah i'm in there i'm in the right state of mind for this and chick-fil-a is closed tomorrow mm. did you go to popeyes hey chick-fil-a got yes hey all right um <laughs> Okay, we're going to start at number five. Josh, you want to oh, go? Number five. And this took me some time to do this list. Now, I know you guys was like, Josh loves his main dishes, like lasagna, uh, chicken wings. I know you guys are like, but but does he care about sides? You best believe I care about sides. Absolutely. The great psalmist fabulous said <clears throat> the entree just isn't as good without something on the side. Now, he may have been talking about something else in a different concept, but we're talking about food. We're the Good Guys podcast. So that's how I took it. That's how I took it, too. I thought he was talking about food the whole time. I was like, man, he understands me. Nah, but he was talking about something else. But anyway, (laughs) number five on my list. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Collard greens. Mm-hmm. When it's done right. Oh, absolutely. Collard greens, bro. It it, it fought for that number five spot, but collard greens, man, I love me some good collard greens, man. When it's done right, man, it makes me feel good. And when it's done right means there's some pork in it. (laughs) 
Absolutely. <laughs> we're not talking about the healthy kind where it tastes like it just got plucked from the nope. garden. No, we're talking about that thing got some fat in it. That thing, oh man, I used to wonder, mom, what you put in that? Back in my day, my mom put some fat back. Mm-hmm. Then she evolved to the smoked sausages. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That kind of collard greens? Man, I could eat that by itself. Absolutely. We're talking about the collard greens that don't taste like a vegetable at all. No, let's just like meat. be real. Tastes like meat. Okay. <laughs> Got the meat in there. Maybe just a just a just a hint of sugar. Just a hint. But not a lot. Just a salt bay type. Mm, like that. Put a little hot sauce on there. See, bruh, see, bruh, see, that's the only time I don't mind hot sauce. Okay. Collard greens. All number right. Five for me. What's number five for you, BD? Uh, number five for me. And this was hard. But I got baked beans. I got baked beans. Five. And it's it and it's hard because everybody doesn't do baked beans right, and there aren't like I respect. I don't like everybody's baked <clears throat> beans, but if you have some really good baked beans. And I think it's more because I really I'm big on barbecue. So when you have, you know, your brisket and your pulled pork and stuff like that, you got to have the barbecue baked beans to go with it. Um, you know, Sam's Club has like a really good like it's like brisket, uh, brisket baked beans or something like that. It's the best baked beans I've ever had. It's really from good. where Sam's from Club, where? Sam's Club. Like hot baked beans, you got to make it at the house. No, nah, it's it's a uh, it's like a brand. It's in a container. I can't think of the brand name, but it's please brisket. Let me know. Please let me know. I got you because those joints are good. Um. So yeah, baked beans. I got them at number five. Number five. Wow, <clears throat> that's cool. That's cool because it's not that far. Because mine's my number four is a three way tie. I know. Here we but go. Listen, listen. This is my list, bro. Man, it was hard. I had to put... Well, if I had to... Cho- okay, let me tell you the three that I have for number four, and maybe you can help me make my decision. You should only have five sides on this list. Baked beans. Okay. Llama beans. Okay. Black eyed peas. Mm. It was... Man, bro. Bake, a good black eyed peas, bro, is better than good baked beans sometimes, bro. It depends on what mood you're in. Depends on what dish you have. I don't think I I wasn't really raised on black eyed peas. I haven't really had a lot of black eyed peas. You I've had it a couple times and it wasn't <clears throat> the mother who fed you rice and beef tips. Mm-hmm. The mother who was considered top three dead or alive cooks mm-hmm. never made you black eyed peas growing up. If she did, I don't really remember. Nope. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna call your mom tomorrow and be like, Miss Dixon, you didn't feed your son black eyed peas growing up? I mean, I've had them a couple of times. What? I wasn't a couple of times. Away. Yeah, uh, they gotta be cooked right. They gotta be almost mushy. They almost gotta be like that's just oh man. So if I was to pick llama beans as a sleeper bean, bro, people don't respect llama beans like they should. Is that the same thing as butter beans? Oh no 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 butter beans. Okay. They're they're the they're probably the big the bigger version of lima beans. So bump lima beans, butter beans are good. Butter beans, butter yeah. beans. Those are good. So those three, 
if I had to pick a number four, bro, it may have to be the Butterbeans. Okay. Number four on my list. <sighs> Butterbeans or baked beans? I haven't had Butterbeans in a long time. That was the grandmother right there. Butter beans with some good rice and gravy, bro. Yeah. We're talking about we're talking about going with the meal. Baked beans don't go with all meals. You're right. We're talking about Sunday afternoon after church meals. Right. Yeah. That's we're talking beans. about mama and grandmama was up late the night before right. preparing. I would have to go with butter beans number four. Okay. Cool with that. Number four for me is where I had collard greens. Okay. Okay. That, and again, that, we're about yeah. Talking about collard greens prepared the right way. There should be a ham hock in there. All right. There should be grease aplenty. Okay. A little bit of sugar. Collard greens. Number four. Number three. <clears throat> now you talk about the glory either. And glory is okay. Glory, if in a pinch, you can use the glory collard greens. Okay. But I ain't talking about glory. I'm talking about the mama's collard greens. We talking about she's that's love. Love can't be in a can. That's right. Love is not in a can. Mm-mm. Number three for me. Rice and gravy. Oh, I thought about that. We're talking about rice with gravy with the meat in the gravy. We're talking about beef tips. And rice, see, gravy and beef tips. Now see, that's a side, BD. Now no, see, no, I looked at that as an entree, so I didn't no, put that in That's there. not an entree. That's not an entree. That's a side, bro. <laughs> you mean it? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't look at, I guess chicken and dumplings is an entree, but rice and beef tips, bro. That's an entree, that, Josh. That's a side, bro. That's a side for me because I still got the fried chicken on the plate. Do you? you see what I'm saying? We're talking about, come on, man. Did your mom, now, your mom's rice and beef tips, bro? I think that that one bite I took had my <laughs> eyes roll back at that table. I was sitting there across from your mother, and you, before your mom even could say how is it, my eyes was... <laughs> I said, man, BD, man, that was a classic moment of our friendship, bro. I tasted those rice, rice gravy, and beef tips. I said, what? You hated when I came over because I was taking stuff home. What you right. was going to have the next day? Exactly. My <laughs> leftovers, you take it two or three plates home. Bro, you had that every day. So, I'd like to have it another day. But I won't because you came in and you butter up my mom and tell her Ooh, you know it's the greatest meal of all time oh miss dixon is a top three of all time <laughs> i've ever had oh you put your foot in that miss dixon oh man it, i was ripping them I and was as running. you and, and, and as you went on she was fixing to go plates just mm-hmm. oh here take some i take some more and i'm just sitting there see that's seething. your fault that's your fault if she got there from you she wouldn't even gave me to go plates well, you, you were so what? used to the you were so used to the food that you didn't give her the appreciation that she deserves. I mean, you sitting there, uh, 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 daily satisfied with rice and beef tips and stuff <laughs> like that, and when I come in, <clears throat> from fresh from college, and I come into that living room, my mom's busy working and stuff, and I come in there, and yo, man, you don't think I'm not going to give glory to whom glory is due? <laughs> 
And you over there like, mom, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, no, BD. <laughs> Your taste buds have been conditioned for this level. See, when you've been around money, money mm-hmm. don't really mean that much to you. Right. But when you come from the hood and poverty, <sighs> and you come to a place of richness of taste, <laughs> you give glory to whom glory is due. And I looked Miss Dixon in the eyes and I told her, Miss Dixon, flesh and blood revealed this not to you. (laughs) The Holy Ghost and all your ancestors was there in the kitchen with you, ensuring that everything came to a level of excellence that my stomach doesn't even want to digest. I wish I could still hold some of those meals in my belly. That's how good. When I went to the restroom and I said, I don't even want to let this go. (laughs) This was so good. I don't even want to let this go. Don't take this from me, Lord. Don't take this from me, Lord. But I had to let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I've never heard that one before. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you, man, that Miss Dixon, man, I was like, my goodness, bro. Yeah, man. Man, but, I, might go see, I might go see them sometime soon and not bro. let you know. Hold up, dog. <laughs> if I get that call from Mom Dukes. <laughs> oh, Josh Guess, is up here. Tell him to go away. <laughs> Guess who's here, Brandon? Hey, BD. Hey, what's up? up? Got me on the FaceTime. What's All up? Right. Man, bro, with, bro, these beef tips right here, BD. I called your mom after the podcast, and she told me to come on down. I said, I'm coming. I came, brought my lovely wife, and my wife knocked out. That's how good my is. Boy. Boy, you will be steaming down there. Yeah, she would, too. If you told her, hey, I want some of your beef tips, man, she'll cook some up the next day. And that's what I'm going to do. No, no, you're not. Anyway, what's your number three, bro? Number three. Candied yams. Don't tell me. Don't tell oh, me. Oh, we're brothers. Okay. We're, we're bro- oh, no, no, no. Mine's I thought you was about to tell oh. me you had forgot about the yams. You don't forget about yams. You can't Who forget forgets about, about yams? yams? Yams are Ooh. unforgettable. My taste bud, the ones that were sleep have awakened mm. bruh go ahead bruh candied yams again not talking about glory okay i'm talking about the ones that you know they got the sweet potatoes out the night before chopping them up okay i'm talking about the ones cooked overnight they got the the the, the cinnamon in them the syrup in them you know the 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 the, the it, some people put uh what is it i had some candy yams from this joint last weekend next level it was like some pineapple i think was in them or something like that see 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 i've already caught the vision i okay. caught the vision okay people will look at that and be like no 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 no. that caught the vision mm-hmm. oh man bd what's the name of that play? they're not franchised huh no hole in the wall Okay. Nah, it's called Geechee's. They're actually based out of, you know, Geechee, uh, like uh, South Carolina, like Southern South Carolina, like the Gullah, Gullah region. And they talk Geechee out there. This oh, the name of the, Yeah, the name of the restaurant is Geechee's. And bruh, the all, every side, the mac and cheese, the candy yams, but them candy yams was something <coughs> else. Or you could have the candy yams, you know, the, the, the sweet potato casserole. I also throw that in there. 
with the mushroom. I mean, not mushrooms, right. but marshmallows and the um the granola with the. Oh, yeah, bro. Every time we went to Golden Corral, bro, the first place we went to was the sweet potato casserole. That was the foundation of our meal. Absolutely, it was the bedrock, the bed rest of everything we added on there. Because anything, one thing about candy yams or sweet potato casserole, it mixes well with any dish. Everything. It, it, can, it, it can mix with the gravy in your rice, and right. there's no problem. Yep. It can mix. It can mix with the juice of your collard greens, no yep. problem. Yep. It can even mix with, with anything. The meat. Absolutely. The meat. I take, what, Thanksgiving? You can have sweet potato casserole. You get the turkey. You dip that turkey in the sweet potato casserole, and you go to town. You go to town, bro. You start, that's your dip. That's your dipping sauce. That's the dip. That's the dip. Get a little cranberry on there, too. <sighs> I fell in love with cranberry recently, maybe three years ago, bro. Everyone used to be like, why you don't want cranberry? You know? I was like, I don't know, but cranberry mixed with that candy yams? Oh, oh my god. Cranberry is strictly a complimentary. You don't eat cranberry sauce by itself. No. Cranberry, you you put it with the turkey, you put it with the yams. You put it with oh, the mashed Thanksgiving. potatoes. Thanksgiving is coming soon, baby. Yes. Yes. Yes it is. My number 2. <clears throat> I thought this very through, very thoroughly. Okay. Because it was candy yams is number two on my list, but I put potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. I put potatoes, man. But I but but I put candy yams. I put candy yams number one on this list for my number two. You know, potatoes can be fried. It can be mashed. It can be baked. It yeah. can be sweetened. But the the king or the queen of the potato category is jams. Oh my goodness, bro. Okay. Yams is number two on my list, but I had to pay respect to mashed potatoes, bro. Okay. But, but we're talking about we're not talking about the ones you whip. Watch me whip, mm-hmm. and watch me nay nay. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We talking about some chunks, and my potatoes. You see what I'm saying? We are talking about ma- that was messed up mashed potatoes with the chunks in them, bro. Mm. But yams still beat the mashed potatoes. But mashed potatoes, bro, on a good day, oh. Okay. Candy yams number two, and we all... Oh, it's your number two, because we already know what's number one. We already know. Um, Number two may be a little controversial, but I think I have to put it there. I got french fries. Now, you don't think of it as, you know, a traditional side, like when you're thinking of Thanksgiving, (laughs) when you're thinking of Christmas, when you're thinking about your soul food Sunday meals, but it is a side. Anytime you have burgers, anytime you have a chicken sandwich, a Philly cheesesteak, you know, chicken strips, chicken wings, what do you have with it? You have fries. That's a side. I was, all... I, I was gonna I was gonna be upset with you, but but candy yams, you know what? Fries come before candy yams, bro. Candy <laughs> yams you can only get twice a year, maybe once. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's fries what I'm saying. be fries Ass- be candy yams. Accessibility. Um, candy Fries, then mashed potatoes, then candy yams. You can't always get all these sides, but fries yeah, are all, nah. if you take fries out of your life, think of bro, think of a bro, life with no fries. Don't, don't say stuff like that, bro. I'm just saying. No, no. Don't say stuff like that, man. And that's some why of us, that's traumatic to some of us, especially me. That's okay? what I'm saying. Candy yams not even number two. I put them on the third on my number two. <laughs> <laughs> 
kind of list is this? <laughs> I put them. I put them third on my number two. French fries. I'm so confused. Mashed potatoes. Then coming in third in my number two. Yams. <laughs> I have no idea what your list is at this point. The people of the Good Guys podcast, they understand where I'm coming. No, from. they don't. I get they absolutely don't. Yeah, man. Fries, bro. Let me just take some time to give fries the respect they're due before we go to the king of sides. Please do. Whew, fries. What 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 words do I have? Um mm. They're probably the best side of all time <clears throat> because of their consistency, because of their accessibility. Um, but fries, man, you can do the chili cheese fries. Oh, mm-hmm. man, bro. There's this place called Chubbs in Charlotte, and man, their chili cheese fries, bro. <laughs> And you got the curly fry. We already we already did an episode on fries, so you need to go check right. that episode out. On I can, I'm not going to waste our time after we have already gave fries its own episode. Mm. But fries, bro, I've recently fell in love. The number, let me rank my fries. Mm-hmm. Potato wedges are number one to mm-hmm. me. Crinkle cut number two. Mm. Crinkle cut number two. Those are my two best fries, bro. The other fries can fall where they fall. But potato wedges and crinkle cut. What, what am I missing? Curly fries, maybe number three mm-hmm. or four. Waffle fries. Uh, I know you're not that big of a fan of waffle fries. but Nah, man. But I, I really, I, what I'm going to do, <clears throat> I'm going to do this soon. I'm going to go to the Chick-fil-A by a place that has good chili and cheese. <clears throat> And I'm gonna buy me some potato wedges. I mean, uh, some uh, waffle fries from Chick Fil A, and I'm gonna rush over there quickly. Just ask the young man, "Can I get a side of chili and cheese?" And I want to taste what the waffle fry tastes like, baptized in chili and cheese. <laughs> I bet you the waffle fry with chili and cheese is like nachos, bro. I'm gonna do it, and, and I'm surprised in a restaurant that has done it. But number one, number one. Number one, not Easy Mac, Mm-mm. not mac and cheese, Mm-mm. macaroni and cheese. Y'all need to start showing respect to put the <clears throat> proper respect on. Put the name. proper respect on the name. Respect the name. Don't call it Easy Mac. It ain't nothing easy. There's nothing no mac. easy about ain't no Mac. Easy. Mac and cheese go hard. We hard. They from the streets. You know mac and cheese go hard when the when the Italian community doesn't even accept it as a dish. What Italian restaurant have you been to that has macaroni and cheese? Macaroni and cheese is an outcast. That's and why I relate to macaroni and cheese. Have you ever been to a, an Italian restaurant and they had macaroni and cheese? Think, think about so. it. Think about it. Hmm. Think about it. it's a soul food. Well, yeah, soul food restaurants do. Not an Italian place. No. But it's pasta based, right? Ain't nothing easy about no mac and cheese. It ain't, oh, whoa, whoa. See what y'all did to me? Ain't nothing easy with macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to put some respect on mac when it's done right, bro. Mm-hmm. There's been so many times where they had to pull me away from the mac and cheese. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm I'm hanging on to the aluminum can. No, I have my rights. No, 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 I'm not letting go. No. And when macaroni and cheese is done right, bro, listen, I don't care what my wife be like, you want to make my plate? No, I'm making my plate. <laughs> Because wives want to give you that small little corner piece. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 I got this. I was in the early days of our marriage and, and any time later, later, later years of our dating, she got offended. Like, why you don't make my plate? Because you don't make it right. You, got, you, you haven't taken the necessary steps to learn me and my wants and my desires. See, that's what we talked about earlier in the podcast. You have to pay attention <clears throat> to your spouse, okay? Because as a, you know, if you want to fix your man's plate, that's okay. But you have to have taken the necessary steps. You have to have paid attention to his likes, his desires, and his preferences. You have to know that when it comes to the macaroni and cheese, that it is his number one side yeah okay? yeah yeah okay don't give him that burnt little corner piece that's got the little dried out noodles no you go straight to the middle of the pan go to the heart the go heart of the, the pan heart of the pan you create a large square of macaroni and cheese by the way there should be no macaroni and cheese that does not come from a pan okay oh, hey. if it doesn't come from a pan it's not macaroni and cheese Okay, it, it should be a block of just macaroni and cheesy goodness with just a little bit of crispy burntness on, on the top with the butter just drizzling down. Teach him, Deacon. Wind in between the noodles. Teach him, okay? Deacon. So if you are talking about macaroni and cheese, we're not talking about just any macaroni and yeah, cheese. Yeah, 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 okay? yeah. Okay, we're not talking about easy mac. Okay, Ooh. we're not talking about craft macaroni and cheese. Okay, Teach we're not talking about Boston Market and that uh, that uh, the, the, uh, mess hey. that they call macaroni and cheese with the spirals and the Teach. cheese. Teach. We are talking about baked Ooh. macaroni and cheese. Hey, Bishop Dickie became a bishop. On the name of macaroni and cheese. Ooh. May the Lord watch. Listen, I might even get a benediction right here. You preached a word on today, Deacon. Ooh, these people don't understand. Don't give me no corner. Mm-hmm. I don't want no crunch in my macaroni and cheese. Take me to the king. Take me to the oh, heart. Take, take me, me to the place to where I belong. <laughs> Take me to where I need to be. You see what I'm saying? We got to get to a place with our walk and our relationships where you understand that don't come. Oh, that one. Oh, don't come back with a plate because I'm going to be filled with disgust. You did this to yourself. <laughs> when your man looks at you, looks at the plate, and he looks at you. Don't even get mad. You know, you take his plate back. No, that's why men regain your plates. Get your plate, bro. I don't think they ever get it until they have kids, possibly. You got to go to that, man. When I get to the when I get to the oven, when I get to the place where the food is, BD, mm-hmm. I try to be nice. Mm-hmm. But listen, I'm skipping lines, bro. Because y'all, <laughs> listen, listen, I'm skipping lines. Let me get to the, I'll, let me get to my macaroni, bro. Yeah. It ain't nothing like that middle piece. People be so mad at me. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm the first one there, in the center. Center. Get the spatula. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you know what? You know what you do? Because you mm-hmm. know when it's good macaroni, it ain't a block. It ain't stuck together. There's right. Some, some of it just left. Mm-hmm. You and you get that too. You get that too. You get that too. Yep. That's the best part sometimes. Ooh, macaroni baby. and cheese. Macaroni and cheese, man. It's not even close. Like there's macaroni at number one, and then it's just everyone it's else. Everyone else, man. There's nothing else that comes close to good macaroni and cheese. That's why I don't know how I'm going to feel about this taste testing of Chick-fil-A's macaroni and cheese. It don't even sound right. Chick-fil-A's macaroni and cheese. I'm like, bruh. I'm really not sure what it goes with on the menu, to be honest. Like a Chick-fil-A sandwich with macaroni and cheese? I I don't know. Is Is that really something that I want? Yeah, man. Like, do I? That's too much carbs. I got bread on my chicken sandwich. I, I'm getting fries just in case that macaroni and cheese trash. You know what I mean? Gonna get fries. I'm gonna get fries. I want to know what the size of that bowl is. I don't know. Either way, macaroni and cheese, number one. Fries, a distant second. Very distant second. Mm-hmm. Candy yams, real close to the fries. Real close. Real close. Very close. Very close. And uh, what was the rest of them for me? Butter beans. I think you had them before. Butter beans and then collard greens. Oh, rice and... Oh, man. Rice and beef tips may be number two. <sighs> nah, because I can't get it all the time. But, bro, when you get to a place where you get some good rice and some... Oh, Lord. I feel his presence in my house right now. Oh, <laughs> man. Bro, I'm so hungry, bro. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> let's, let's end this podcast, man. <laughs> because, because, Jay, bro. you got a nugget of truth for the people or you already done gave it to them? Man, I done gave it to the people. BD, you, you left us with a great word today on macaroni and cheese. Mm, but I if I it. if I, if I have any leftover, you know when the person, the uh, campus pastor comes up? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, them churches, boy, I tell you. Them, them campus pastors be some of the most suspect happy people i'm like why y'all so happy all the time y'all know y'all not happy being being a second man in chief stop <laughs> second man command you know good away you want to be the lead pastor wow <laughs> you the follow pastor he the lead pastor anyway i don't have no nugget of truth man just nah. communicate with god he'll help you with your communication with others that's it all right well that's all we have got for today as usual, thank you for watching the Good Guys Podcast. If you are watching this right now, thank you for sticking with us throughout the whole episode. I know our episodes are long, but the faithful notification gang and our faithful subscribers, I thank you for watching the entire episode and rocking with us. I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope you got something from it. If you have been watching the podcast and you have not subscribed, what are you doing? Come on, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get post notifications. Join the notification gang. All right. Gang, gang, gang. Um, hop in the comments. Let us know. Um, top five. Yeah. Let let us know your top five sides. Uh, let us know if you got it. What what it, what it was that you got from the podcast. Let us know if Josh's uh, spicy chicken sandwich uh, model of communication made you hungry. Um, Maybe. you know. So, um, but other than that, I'm a father of four, happily married man. He is Joshua Eddie. He is the Reverend. We're the Good Guys Podcast. Bro, 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 don't give the illusion that I'm not happily married, BD. Come on, BD. You got to work on this.
I don't know. It's been it's been what I've said for, since the beginning of the podcast. In the beginning of the podcast, you weren't married, so it's time to make a change, BB. Um, I am Brandon Nixon. I am a father of four and a happily married man. He is the Reverend, a happily married man. Also, <laughs> the weird. We'll be back next week <laughs> with a better. <laughs> we'll work on this, and we'll be back next week better than ever. We're the Good Guys Podcast, and we are out. Peace.